Hi, I'm Corey Hawkins. And I'm Jennifer Fox. And we are Curiously Conscious. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about um, Astara, which is the Zodiac New Year, zero degrees Aries. It'll be happening uh, March 20th, 2022 at roughly 8.34 a.m. Um, and then we'll be talking about the Aries New Moon. It's happening on, well, on the Pacific Coast. It's happening on March 31st. On the East Coast, it'll be happening at uh, on April 1st. 11.24 p.m. Pacific, 2.24 a.m. Eastern at 11 degrees, 30 minutes of Aries. So, and as usual, how you doing, Fox? I'm doing good. And for those people who haven't listened to us before, because, you know, our, podca- our podcast is, is growing. We have like over, I don't know, a lot. We have like over a thousand people that listen to our podcast now. So our podcast is growing and that's exciting. And this, this month we're going to be doing it a little different. So we're going to be expanding our podcast this year, which is one of our mutual goals. And Corey is on the West coast for those who don't know that. And I'm on the East coast. And at one time, Corey and I used to live in Seattle. Um, very, we went to massage school together. That's how we met. And we've been friends for 20 years. We used to have a massage business together called Solstice Healing Arts. And, um, you know, so for those of you who don't know us, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, welcome. Uh, and Corey, do you want to talk about your religion at all? And, or just so people My- know when you're talking, because... Corey, Corey is like the, the moon goddess of this group. So you want to talk a little <laughs> bit about that just so people know that if they don't know you? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess I've been um, practicing, I guess what you would call witchcraft, but I, I think there has to be a better term for it. Um, since 2002, um, I started off being more of a traditional Wiccan, like following that specific um format for rituals and and such um and i've since kind of altered what i'm doing to be um i guess personally generated (laughs) spiritual practices but i do follow the path of the moon and i do incorporate um nature and the goddess into um pretty much my everyday life but definitely it's a part of uh, the lens that I see astrology through. So, yeah. Yeah. And you're a master gardener. So you're all about the cycles. I am a master gardener and I do love me some plants. <laughs> and so I would say if you, um, if you're looking for somebody to work with from an astrology perspective and you're kind of, uh, more bent towards, um, nature and the, and the cycles that, uh, Corey would be somebody good to check out. How would they get in touch with you, Corey? Uh, you can find me at coreyhawkins.com, C-O-R-Y-H-A-W-K-I-N-S.com. Not to be confused. Or on Instagram, you can find me um, at Corey Hawkins, but I'm on a uh, social media hiatus until the full moon, in the Libra full moon, which is That's April right. 16th. Are because you? Yes, because you gave me the idea. And, uh, good. and you know, a lot of people got that idea and thought it was a good one. Yeah, I, uh, I needed to take a little break. I, uh, if you want to check out my stuff or you're interested in a reading with me, or you want to check out my, um, I have a, a small closed group. We just have one space available right now. Um, uh, it's called the time travelers. And, um, we basically, uh, learn astrology on Patreon, on Patreon and learn it together. <laughs> yes. Foxy astrology. 
Um, I also have a website, Foxy Astrology. I, I write blogs and um, I wonderful blogs, different mm -hmm. types of readings and things like that. So if you want to find out, I'm also on Instagram, but like I am, I'm taking a hiatus, but we also post our blogs um, or our, we also, I post my blog and we also post um, our Consciously Curious podcasts on Instagram. So you can check those Seriously out. Seriously conscious. I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> I always mess it up. And I came up with you it. You never mess it up. I we switched. I used to be the one I, that messed it up. No. I yeah, whatever. Somebody like, has to mess it up. We're like the twins <laughs> separated at birth. We're just like you know whatever. It's like we're both no. wearing a necklace and a t-shirt <laughs> and a and a, and a like, yeah a gray t-shirt even. Oh, I just should remember. Sorry. And like my old grandma cardigan that has like all kinds. Dude, of I love how it. these colors go together. By the way, yeah, this right? is my favorite new mashup. Is this rust? Orange well, it is funny because your glasses match your sweater. My glasses match my sweater, which I <laughs> did not plan that. But anyway, we did not. We're just being total goofballs tonight. But mm -hmm. I will, I will say this. I think one of the greatest things uh, about our podcast is we are friends. So this is a podcast for you to share with your friends. Kind of helps you, um, you know, at least from my perspective. I think that getting getting kind of a a look ahead in the forecast, the astrological forecast, can help you kind of figure out what's coming and then how, you know, how are you going to process it as it's happening? And it kind of gives you a little leg up on, on what's coming down, down the pike. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Perfectly but other than well that, said. I am crazy. I'm crazy. I'm crazy because uh, the sun and Jupiter have been sitting on my North node and I'm crazy. I'm like, everything hurts. My head hurts. My neck hurts. My back hurts. My feet hurt. Like anything that connects me to my higher self, anything that connects me to the earth, it's all funky. Everything's funky mm. right now. And I'm just like, uh, um, I was talking to Corey earlier and I was like, I was so looking forward to having the sun in Jupiter on my North node. I thought, Ooh, this could be awesome. But it's been really like, uh, it's been like, get off of my North node, please. Please, please go away. Yeah, well, I'm not to be dark or anything, but when Jupiter conjuncted my father's North Node, he died. So just, you know, could be worse. Well, I did have a, I've had a migraine for like two days and um, just all kinds of stuff. But I, I don't know about you, Corey, but when I have a, a lot of neck pain or my neck's really crunchy and clunky, I know that I'm getting some serious upgrades from the universe. So I think I'm getting some upgrades and let's just say that, um, you know, the mechanic is almost done, but while the mechanic's working on the vehicle, it's not fun. It just doesn't, yeah. doesn't feel so good. Nothing like having your chassis poked at. <laughs> well, no, that could be good. Cosmic chassis. <laughs> that could be good. I just made myself blush. Yeah, no, uh, I, I feel you. I think it's an interesting time. Like, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm just now starting to come out from under a mountain of grief to yeah. realize like, Oh God, I have, I have so much to do. I've been having a lot of um, anxiety. Like I haven't had in a very long time. And it literally started the day after my dad died. And I wow. still, and I'm like, so I've part of um, the Lent detox that I'm doing is not just social media. It's like food detoxing and, not consuming alcohol and drinking tons of water and trying mm. to like flush out my system because I got to get my blood pressure down. Yeah, <laughs> I have no. to start my, stop my heart from palpitating. And 
you know, some of that I think is related to my hormones because I'm at that phase where everything is changing and, uh, um, and I wonder some of it is like energetic. I feel like I'm going, I'm being squeezed through a portal. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's, I'm, it's I'm not interesting that you say that because I said that earlier today, I was making a video for my time travelers group. And I said, I feel like I'm in the neck of the bottle this weekend. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Feeling yep. the squeeze, but I, I know, I know that better things are on the horizon and you know it's we've mentioned this many times before when you go through your awakening process and you you're going through your upgrading process as you awaken it is a shit show um it, you think it's going to be this beautiful wonderful experience where you're out in the woods you know there have been zero unicorns in my awakening no experience although i've had a lot of hawks a lot of hawks this week um but no, no unicorns. Um, and it, it has not felt like I'm out with the, the fae people in the woods, you know, singing songs and casting spells. It was not like that at all. So, mm -mm. um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to what this brings. And that makes me excited about the equinox, which we're going to talk about today. Um, because mm -hmm. I'm excited because it is the equivalent of the zodiacal new year, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, for the witches, the witches already had three New Year's. So there's Samhain. You guys love to celebrate, don't you? There is a big New Year theme. Samhain, Yule, and Imbolc are all um, New Year's-y type celebrations. This is, you know, Astera is where the kind of rubber hits the road, um, where you, you actually, you know, you've had this um, gestational period during this New Year phase is kind of like you start in the death phase. <laughs> you you um, percolate and germinate, and now it's time to you know start planting seeds. So I really like Ostera. Um, I think it's interesting it lands when it does, especially for me. I have uh, Aries is in my sixth house, mm. and so Ostera is really good time for me to start new um, diets, new habits, new physical uh, expressions. So um, you know that's kind of how the astrology meets my uh, my religious beliefs. Um, but you know, anywhere where, uh, you have areas in your chart is where you can look at starting new seeds, starting a whole new, um, cycle for the upcoming year. So, uh, I, I will literally be planting seeds. <laughs> you will be. That's great. I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really interested in starting, um, starting a raised garden in my backyard this year you have great space for it yeah I, I do and so i'm gonna start looking for something and get my this queen and get my little thing and uh get some some soil out there i don't know what i'm really gonna plant um probably like what you eat well I, or what yeah. you use yeah i can't i can't eat tomatoes because i'm allergic to tomatoes but i i figured there's a lot of other things that i could grow like you know, beans and carrots and cabbages and kale and that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that. And, um, you know, my, my grandmother and, um, we used to live out in the country, uh, and, uh, my neighbor on the, on the farm next to our farm, she, um, she had an amazing garden and I used to go and help my grandmother, you know, do her garden and how, and I don't know why I've never had a garden of my own. I'm really intimidated by it. So I'll probably be calling on you for your 
your expertise <laughs> during this of time. Of course, you may. Yeah. My uh, one piece of advice is um, grow, grow a few things that are just going to make you happy, like grow some sunflowers or you know if you want to try like an herb that you like or like lavender or something that will inspire you because i think sometimes food just occurs growing food is like work oh. and you know you, you don't want to just add new work on top of all the work that you have to do so if you put things in your garden that bring you pleasure then it's like you're not going out and tending your garden you're going out and enjoying your garden so that's you know don't good, that's don't good, be too heavy yeah. on function you know yeah <laughs> like well, i'll be honest with you you remember our, when we lived out in seattle we had that huge garden on the side of our house because the guy who lived in the house before us was a master gardener and had all these really amazing orchids and stuff which of course I, I'm really bad with pretty much anything that flowers, but, um, you know, the roses had, we had incredible roses and, you know, I, I couldn't kill those for some reason. And, you know, I'd cut them down and they'd come back. We have beautiful roses in that garden and we had great art. I don't know if you remember, we had like grapes and artichokes and all, wow, yeah. all kinds of stuff, but it was already there. And so it was more, uh, more about me trying not to kill it than it was about anything else. But, um, you know, the artichokes were really interesting because I didn't know what they were and they grow in these huge stalks and then they bloom these purple flowers and then yeah. you, know, you need to get them before they bloom, but they look like giant thistles. And I was just like, yes, they're, they're like, gorgeous. Yeah. They're really beautiful. And I was like, we have like, mm -hmm. like thistles from space in our yard. And then we had all those <laughs> irises. I mean, it was really a beautiful yard and, um, you know, people would stop by and they're like, can we take some grapes or can we, you know, have some, I'm like, sure, I don't care. But, um, we also had herbs and he had planted herbs in the yard and hadn't put them in pots. And mm -hmm. so like the oregano had taken over the yard. It smelled great, but it yeah. kind of took over the yard. And we had, um, we didn't, we had some lavenders in the front that was like that too. So I, I really thought about doing my herbs on my porch or around my porch, my deck in the back and like putting them in pots. It depends on the kind of herb. So, um, lavender generally won't spread. It'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger, but you can maintain that mm -hmm. through pruning. And then same with lav or not lavender, rosemary, um, doesn't spread either. It'll just, it's a shrub. It doesn't go anywhere. It just gets bigger, but things like mint and oregano and thyme, um, they will spread like wild. So you got it. Those are good ones for what about um, pots. Mugwort? Have you grown mugwort? Before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, mugwort. It, do you have to control so, it? Um, at some point, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to control though. You just, when it's young, once it's spread beyond where you want it, you just cut it or like okay. dig it up. Dig it up. Dig it up. Um, but yeah, it's a real pretty plant. It's very tall. Um, so it takes up a lot of space um, and it self seeds. So it's not the same plant that comes back every year. It drops seeds and then it creates oh, new plants every year. That's so that's how it spreads. And so mint does the same thing, but yeah. I don't really, I don't really use mint. I mean, I know other people like mint and yeah. I'm not a mint person and I really, I'm not, I don't know why, but the way that fresh mint smells to me, I guess I'm like, <laughs> I want it to be like peppermint, but it's not. Um, it just, it's not, it's not my jam. We used to have, when I, where I grew up, we used to have 
we were really close to Chicago and uh, Wrigley's um, gum was there. And so in Indiana, they had all these mint fields. Um, and so you could, in the summertime, you could drive out and smell the mint field, but it never, mm. I never, never smelled like, like I wanted to smell like peppermint, but it does not what it smells like. Yeah. It's a lot of, it depends on the variety. There are certain varieties that smell better than others. And then there's certain varieties that don't smell as good, but taste better. Better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just interesting because that's why all the mint fields were out there is because of the gum company, which I thought was interesting. Oh, but, that is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, it, but yeah, so I'm, um, my friend has a, tr a tremendous, she has like a, they bought an older home and they remodeled it. And, the woman who lived there had these huge herb gardens. So they've got really, you know, well-established rosemary and they've got a bunch of stuff. So I, I want to go over there and kind of raid her yard a little bit <laughs> and uh, bring some stuff home and, and, and start, start putting it together. Cause I really want to have, I love hanging out on my back porch. And now that we live in the Southern States, you know, it's, it's just nice to go out even during the work day and just, sit out on the back porch and, you know, have yeah. a drink or I, I actually sit out there with the dogs and meditate at, um, most of the time on my lunch hour. So I really love it out there. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I will happily answer any questions if you have them. Obviously. Thanks Corey. Mm -hmm. Thanks. So, Hey, so where is Aries in your chart? Aries is in my fourth house predominantly. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because at this time of, year even for a long time i never realized it but i i'm not i'm not a big fan of christmas getting together at christmas i'm not i'm not really a thanksgiving person but i do love easter and i do love the idea of getting together with family at easter and one of the reasons we moved down here is because my best friend lives here and um we don't have kids her kids are kind of like my my you know kids that I don't have to take care of kids. They're grown now, but I still have to take care of them. And um, so, you know, anytime there's a holiday, it's like they just automatically have have uh, kind of scooped us up into their family. So it's kind of nice to know we have a place to go for Easter and I'm gonna be able to get ham because I love ham. And um, <laughs> nobody in my family really eats ham and they love turkey and I don't like turkey. so. Um, I know I can go there and get ham and scalloped potatoes and a cake that looks like a lamb. And I'm very excited about all of that. So that's awesome. Yeah. I like, um, I like a good spring get together. It's very, it has a, its own unique festiveness. It's not like winter festivities. It definitely has a, a more alive, hopeful, fun feel to it. Well, and we've already had a uh, last Friday, it was 81 degrees here. And today it was 77. I think it's 77 tomorrow. So we're already having really warm weather. And so by the time Easter uh, comes around, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, like short weather. And so, you know, it'll be hopefully a sunny day and we can go for a nice walk after we eat and, you know, enjoy. I don't know when actual, oh, Easter is on the 17th. Is that right? Of March? I believe so. Or not March, the other month, April. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. I believe it yeah. is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I never did much for Easter, you know, mostly because I didn't really follow, I guess when I was young, because my family was Catholic when I, you know, and so we do fun Easter stuff, but you know, my kids have never celebrated Easter. They get Ostera baskets. I love that. yeah, Astera put the um, bunnies and the eggs in Easter. Do you, do you? Yes, yes, she did. Do you want to talk? <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about Astera? Just general stuff, um, like the goddess and that kind of stuff, just for people who aren't familiar with that. And as with all the great holidays that we celebrate, they've all been taken from pagan times and pagan lore. So just another one. <laughs> yeah, Ostera, I mean, not to get too in the weeds with her, but she's basically a fertility goddess. That's the whole, um, yeah, the whole like vibe of Ostera is about fertility. It's about eggs, um, yeah, eggs and being ready to ripen, I suppose. Fertilize those <laughs> so eggs, girls. Plant yeah. in the, the seeds, as it were. Um Sowing the scenes of love. I'm hearing tears for fears in my ears. Oh my God. I just heard that song this morning. Oh, did you? And I was like, why am I listening? To this? <laughs> I listened. I actually listened to woman in chains uh, the other day. And I don't even know why I did that, but it just was like, I really want to hear that song. So I listened to that. And then I also listened to uh, sowing the seeds of love because they're on the same album. That's funny. Of course. Huh? That is, yeah, I was not a huge Tears for Fears fan when I was a kid, but you know, I don't well, know. I was, I was listening a teenager, to teenager, so I, 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 you know, their first album, which wasn't as popular in the United States, but I, I really loved their first album, which was really, uh, um, you know, the precursor to the Shout album. But it was very dark and emo, and I was very dark <laughs> and emo at the time, so it really. Um, it it did speak to me on many levels i thought by the time shout came around they were like getting a little 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 happy and a little commercially so i wasn't (laughs) as jazzed about that album get your smiles out of my music but yeah so i mean as far as like rituals and stuff are concerned I, i don't the biggest thing i do at that time during austera is plant actual seeds so yeah. and i will make some plans like I said, for uh, new health regimens. Uh, and then I usually, it's like people make New Year's resolutions. I think my New Year's resolutions come around this time of year after Lent, where I'm like, oh, I've given up something for a while and now I'm doing this. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, I one thing I want to say is um, it, one of the things that you can incorporate um, in like your tea and I'm hoping you didn't give up coffee, but you probably did. Cause you're such a hard ass, but I didn't actually, I good didn't for you keep that coffee because yeah. it's good for your liver, um, <laughs> is to put cinnamon in it. That would really help. Um, it, it helps to regulate your blood sugar levels and it also helps to, um, you know, it's an old school remedy for high blood pressure. So, um, so I always, uh, try to remember to put some, uh, cinnamon in my coffee. It's not like I really prefer the taste of it in my coffee, but, um, I think if I start the day out like that, it kind of helps me. And I have noticed, um, because I have a blood pressure machine, um, I have noticed on the, on the mornings where I start out with cinnamon in my coffee, I actually do have better blood pressure readings throughout the day. So 
Yeah, yeah, I have a blood pressure machine too, and I need to put it down every now and then because I'm like, what's my blood pressure right now? I don't know, but it's making your blood pressure go up. So, <laughs> yes, no, I know. Uh, yeah. So, so um, recently mine was really high, which is so weird because I've always had low blood pressure. Uh, but recently mine was super, super high. And uh, I remember when I, I was talking to my doctor about it and she's like, uh, if your blood pressure is over that high again, you need to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> I felt so okay. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, so yeah. So hence the cinnamon. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try it. Has that. Helped. It has helped. Yeah. All I'm right. So like, do you want to look? I'm not like a measurer though. I'm just more like a shake, shake, shake kind of girl. Yeah. As you go. Mm -hmm. okay. Do you want to look at this chart here for the um Yeah, let's take a look. Australia? Let's take a right. look at this chart. This is the chart for the equinox or Astera, the beginning of the astrological new year. So exciting. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a lot of lines. I have the yeah, cheater cool. version that's got like five lines. <laughs> Yeah, this is a lot of lines. Sometimes I like to draw other things. And a couple of things that I really wanted to draw uh, this time was uh, Medusa. Medusa is an asteroid. She represents transformation through fear. She's at 27 degrees of Sagittarius, which is the galactic center. There's a tremendous amount of energy coming out of there. Um, and she is opposing Black Moon Lilith, who is in Gemini in the last few uh, degrees of Gemini. So I really wanted to draw that because those two biatches are um, important. And I think when we're all going through a huge, tremendous transformation, um, you know, psychically, um, you know, spiritually, uh, mentally right now, and a lot of that is, you know, uh, propaganda from what's going on in Ukraine, um, you know, uh, you know, people are talking about nuclear war. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, we used to hear about when I was a kid a little bit and, um, you know, and, and certainly my, my parents, you know, they used to have, uh, you know, drills at school, they'd get under their desk. I don't know how they thought that was going to save them from nuclear war, but uh, yeah, what have you? Um, uh, yeah. So, so I think there's a lot of transformation. There's a lot of darkness and, you know, there, there could be some stuff coming up. So yeah, you kind of want to keep an eye on that. I also, um, I also like to pull Cassandra. Cassandra also is a uh, asteroid. She is highly psychic, but she's not believed a lot. She's also known as the victim of the narcissist. And, you know, she is, um, she is trining, uh, she's just entering Gemini. So she's out of sign, but she's trining uh, Pluto in Capricorn. And she has been for a while. And I think that that is also, she just passed up the, the North node recently, the North node was on Cassandra. And I, I, I think that when you see Cassandra prominent, particularly with like the North node, you're going to get a lot of psychic upgrades, which I feel like that's what happened to me this weekend. Um, lots of like light codes are coming through the photonic light belt is, is moving. Um, and all of that stuff impacts us. I mean, you know, we wouldn't be able to have Wi-Fi. We wouldn't be able to have any of our television or communications without the radioactivity that's in, you know, in the universe. And so we've been, I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, uh, 
you know, the solar weather or spaceweather.com, but I have their app on my phone. And uh, I looked down at it the other day and there were like 38 notifications. <laughs> That's like, that means that there's like some serious stuff going on in the universe and all of that energy impacts us. So, um, so yeah, so I just think it's, it's a really, I think it's an, an intense time and with the sun at zero degrees, I mean, the sun is, you know, she's kind of on her own. I mean, she's, she's several degrees away from Neptune and Pisces and she's several degrees away from Chiron. So she's kind of just sitting there on her own, just giving herself maybe a little moment of reprieve or herself a little moment of reprieve before it starts again. Before right? the Aries new moon, right? Yeah, we're but all yeah, first again. Yeah, so yeah, because there's that conjunction there between. I'm sorry. I was just saying, I think it might be a good day to take breath. Yeah, or yeah, or just open yourself and be receptive rather than trying to be willful or make anything happen. This is going to be on a Sunday too. So, I mean, at yeah. least for a lot of people, it means you likely can take that as a day of rest. Um, you know, what you were saying about expansion, you know, like all the downloads and, and, and like the level up process. Um, Mercury is going to be within like a degree of Jupiter in Pisces during this, um, during the, uh, the, the solstice there. So, um, I think that's pretty interesting. I also, there's this quincux happening between the sun and moon as mm. it's starting to, mm. you know, wane towards the new moon in Aries. So, but I you think know, it's important to point out that that quincux is happening the sun's in Aries and the moon is in Libra. And I think that's really indicative of um, finding a balance for yourself, right? It, and it's really, yeah. there's the focus, especially with the Aries new moon coming up, the focus is really on yourself. And I think it's important to point out, you know, sometimes when things are crazy in the world and we're just like, well, what can I do? Or we feel like we've got to join a group or we've got to like donate money or time, which is all good things. But sometimes, you know, the energy that's flowing around this world is, you know, all of our energies, all of our thoughts, all of our emotions, all of our stuff together going out. And so mm -hmm. if you can do something to create peace for yourself, to create contentment for yourself, to have quiet, you know, within your mind, that's going to also reverberate just like the chaos mm -hmm. does. And so right. if, if, if nothing else, this time is a time of us really being able to focus on, on healing ourselves and taking care of ourselves so that when we do that, we can help others. It's like, kind of like, you know, when the oxygen mask falls down in the plane and the, you know, the plane's going down and they're like, the first thing you do is you put your oxygen mask on first, right. make sure yours is secure so that you don't pass out and you can help other people. So right. it's kind of like, I feel like we're kind of in that kind of a situation, starting with the equinox and moving into the Aries new moon. Yeah, I agree that Quincunx speaks a lot to um, uncomfortable boundaries that you have to draw for yourself, especially when you don't necessarily want to, or you feel you have the potential for feeling guilty or you know what uh, whatever coerced or whatever um you definitely uh yeah some some boundary stuff coming up 
Well, and also, you know, Chericlo, uh towards the end of last year had retrograded back into Capricorn and she's up here in Aquarius right now at seven degrees and she is starting to come into um, a fixed square with Uranus. And mm. so, you know, Chericlo is Chiron's wife. She is a Kuiper Belt object and she really in your chart is kind of indicative of where you hold space for other people but she's also about where you uh may not or need to establish boundaries with people that are close to you like people that you love like your kids or your parents or your spouse um so as she's starting to come into a tighter square with uranus that's going to throw some chaos into some of those things and fixed energy is energy that's really stable and doesn't really like to change. And so having the change agent of Uranus and Taurus is kind of really a conundrum because it's like busting around with a bunch of old stuff that's kind of established. And, you know, it's, it's really challenging times. And so having your boundaries also kind of getting roughed up by that square I think that's in preparation for you realizing that those things need some attention. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting uh, times uh, as uh, you know she's also getting closer to, to to Mars, and you know that now that Mars is moving you know out of Capricorn and he's moving and grooving, he's really going to be moving quickly, and he's going to be getting over there to Gemini pretty quick, where he's going to be for 118 days. Wow. So, uh, that's a long time for him to be in one sign. He's normally not in a sign that long. And uh, so that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out as well. So, mm -hmm. but he's still holding hands with Venus. They're still walking, walking in through the world together, but that won't last much longer. They're going to break yeah. up pretty quick. So Aww. I know. And that, is, <laughs> that can bring about breakups as well. So, you know, mm -hmm. will, will Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson stay together? Probably not. So I just, you know, just saying. I feel I feel bad for Pete Davidson. I think he's going to be like everybody's rebound guy because of the rumors around the size of his member. Oh, I was always wondering why people always were going out with him. I was like, I never thought about, I always thought, boy, you know, cause I mean, I, I love a guy who makes me laugh. So I thought maybe, maybe they just need a break after having, you know, after you're in a real serious relationship, sometimes you just need the fun guy, right? But I did not realize that was that was it. But you know, of course it is. Why wouldn't it? Now be? we know. Now we yeah. know. Yes. Yeah, I think that this uh, this equinox is going to be pretty interesting. Pretty yeah. interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. what now? You want to talk about the Aries uh, new moon? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, unless you have any final thoughts about uh, or any final no. ideas or, or things that you would suggest people do during this time. Um, well, I, I think it's definitely um, helpful if you know where it's happening in your chart. Um, and obviously, if you need help with that, there are people you can reach out to. But there's um, astro.com is a good place to draw up your chart. Astro-charts.com is, I think, yeah. probably a little bit more user-friendly for somebody who's never done it before. Which you, I actually have a bot on my website. You can go to free charts on my website and it'll, it'll take you to that that actual widget and you can draw your chart up on there if you want if you need a place yeah. to go just go to foxyastrology.com look over on the 
look over on the right hand side you'll see free birth chart just click on it and fill out the information and it'll give you plus those charts are so pretty they have all kinds of pretty colors and they're fun they are and they you know they're i think more user friendly for people that don't know the symbols and um, astro.com is i think better for if you've got some experience looking at charts and you know what all the zodiac symbols are um and there's if you have your choices. time there's a lot of choices which can i think can make yeah it's overwhelming yeah. it's it like, is what is all bit. this yeah a little bit. little bit um but if you have your time of birth you can tell where in your birth chart this is happening i think that um is important because you know new uh you know planting new seeds or making new plans or bringing new things to life or it's useful to know what area of your life this is happening in and if there's any planets you have that are affecting it um in your natal chart yeah that's what <laughs> that's my that's that's what i have to say about that well i love that um and and planting new seeds right planting seeds so mm -hmm. i'm going to share my screen so we can take a look and this is a more pared down chart i didn't go crazy wild on this one um but this is for the aries new moon which is coming up i can't even believe it it's coming up i know so as a sign you're if you're so for example if you're an aries rising or you're an aries moon or you're an aries sun you know you always get an aries new moon and full moon every year some years you might get maybe more one more new moon but um but so this is the new moon for people who are aries dominant and uh like i said if you're an aries ascendant sun or moon this is a big this could be a big moon for you for setting intentions and it's at the beginning of the zodiac new year so mm -hmm. it, i think it's a really it's a great one and again you want to look and see where aries is in your chart now i've set this for the location where i live but of course as most people know this but if you don't um the chart before started at zero degrees of aries and so aries is the beginning of the zodiac and we go around from there so this is technically house one now because of the location i set it for it starts in house four which is actually where it is in my chart strangely enough mm -hmm. uh but so so this would be your first house your second house your third house and so on and so forth uh and typically the first house starts here so so that's why astrology is complicated for a lot of people because they don't understand how the clock face of of the zodiac works and it's really not too complicated if somebody just explains it to you so hopefully mm -hmm. that was helpful but this this is happening at 11 degrees and 30 minutes of aries and this is happening on the first of april for me on the east coast and the 31st of march on the west coast so this this one's happening um 2 23 a.m for me and what is it 11 23 11 23 yeah mm -hmm. yeah so, for so me, yeah. are you what are you what are your thoughts about this new moon i mean i i like a good new moon but i was born right before a new moon and i am always exhausted around a new moon and totally wired on a full moon so hmm. yeah me too i was born on the balsamic moon so two three days yeah. before mm -hmm. yeah um i mean i think 
I, I don't have that experience. I don't have that same experience. I think it depends on where it is in my chart and what's it's hanging right, yeah. out with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this one is going to be pretty interesting for me because I am very close to having my Chiron return in Aries. <sighs> and you can see down there in Aries, there's like a little, I, we were calling it a sandwich. Um, there's it, a, a, it's a stellium. sandwich. It's a stellium, it's a stellium <laughs> it's but a we stellium. like call it a sandwich. Mm -hmm. but they're very close together. So the sun and moon are kind of in between Mercury and um, Chiron. So I, I think that's an interesting lineup <laughs> for a <laughs> conjunction because um, a lot of, you know, Mercury is all about your, your thinking and your communications. Moon is your emotions. The sun is your ego. Chiron is the is your wound in this world. So I think there's a, a really good chance that this will, um, this can, depending, be a, a very emotional um, new moon. Like uh, there's the potential, I think, for a lot of healing revelations. Um, yeah. But that's not without pain, right? Healing isn't necessarily without pain. I will be honest with you. I, I, I pulled this chart. I hadn't really looked at it um, until today. <laughs> yeah. And then I looked at it and I was like, seriously? <laughs> so sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'm, you know, but you also have to think about what do you have um, in, in this particular sign? Uh, the, again, like Corey mentioned the house that it's in and not to, you know, I typically go out to a seven degree orb. I mean, if things are within a two degree orb, which means they're within two or three degrees, but I go out to seven degrees either side. And so that palace Athena down here, she is seven degrees away from Eris and Eris is the goddess of discord. Um, so yeah. So if there's things in your life, that have held you back or you've been disrespected or you know overlooked that stuff is going to be coming out in maybe all kinds of interesting ways that you didn't you know it's kind of like you know stuff you've been holding on to and holding in may just be leaking out like you can't put anything else in the trash can start stuff to overflow so right. it, it should be really interesting and i think I also think there's a tremendous amount of power with this moon because it's the it's the first new moon of the astrological year. It's in Aries, which starts the zodiac. It's at 11 degrees. I I really I just really like all of those things. So mm -hmm. I think it, you know if you know the stuff that you're dealing with and if stuff has been coming up because a lot of times in astrology these things start to grow, they kind of crescendo, and then they kind of decrease and decrescendo. But sometimes you kind of already have an inkling of what this stuff is before it actually happens. And not to not, we have to mention our favorite book in the entire universe before. Oh, yeah. We love this book. <laughs> this is the New Moon Astrology book by Jan Spiller. Jan uh, is a fantastic uh, astrologer. She has passed on to uh, the higher realms. Um, but, uh, you know, lived in Charleston, South Carolina. I live in South Carolina. I do not live in Charleston. But um, but she is talking about, you know, self-focus, uh, innocence, authenticity, self-discovery, independence, courage, um, and then also disengaging in self-absorption, which also can be a hallmark of uh, Aries. 
Aries people are about preservation. They're about survival. They are the warriors. And oftentimes, if you have someone in your life, um, like myself, who's very Aries oriented, um, you know, they can be very self-absorbed from time to time. Um, it, I think it, that's not, it's not a character flaw. It's because they're, I agree. The in, they're the infants of the Zodiac. It's like they're, uh, their sphere focused. of awareness is closer in to yes. themselves. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, and I, I think um, they're they're not uh, they're not typically nurturers unless they have maybe something else going on with Pisces or Cancer or something like that. But um, so so you know one of the great things to know about that is if you have a, a person in your life that you love a great deal and they're an Aries ascendant or an Aries Moon or an Aries Sun, I think particularly around this time of year, oftentimes they're very introverted and focused on their own concerns and sometimes they just need that time to process yeah, you know? yeah. So just some, something to be aware of um this falls in my fourth house so i'm curious about this just because i really don't have traditional family anymore per se and the family that i do have they all are scattered to the four winds of the world and live far away so um It'll be interesting to see how that pans out for me. And how do you think this is going to focus for you, especially since your Chiron is probably what, right around here? Like 13 Yeah, my Chiron's at like 14 degrees. 14 degrees. So it's less than two degrees away. Um, again, mine is happening in my sixth house. And sixth house is ruled by Virgo. By Virgo, right. And I think that one of the things that is potential for me and, and i'm starting to feel is happening is that um well well let me back this up i think something that's the potential for everybody is that this new moon in aries could could look like a shift in your identity because aries rules the first house which is all about how you show up mm -hmm. and um you know for me in the sixth house ruled by virgo i think that one of the things i'm starting to experience is that like i Virgo energy analyzes and compartmentalizes and what I'm starting to feel in my own life is like I, I'm not going to live in that compartment anymore mm. it's like that Aries energy wants to kind of burn down the little box I've been put in especially when it comes to my family of origin like I was given a role to play and I've been playing it well and now I'm like yeah I'm not going to do that anymore I get to I get to compartmentalize myself <laughs> where I want to be. Yeah. Um, so I think that's how that will look for me. But I think a lot of Aries energy, no matter where it shows up in your chart, it is going to talk about your your sense of self, your um, yeah, your relationship to how you've been portrayed, whether you've generated yourself or whether the world outside of you has generated you right and i think yeah. um it's interesting because when uh, i was heading into my chiron return my my dad passed as well and uh, my mom also passed during my chiron return and um you know i think based off of that looking back now since i'm past mine um it, it kind of allowed me to really focus on 
healing those early life things. Cause of course my Chiron is in Aries as well. Um, early life challenges, which for me was really set up with my, my parents, my parental units and I, you know, had challenges on both sides of the table. So, um, so I'm hoping that as you move through your Chiron return, and you are not going to be compartmentalized anymore and you're finding your freedom that you're also going to be able to you know whatever that is for you for me it was forgiveness for one parent and acceptance of the things about that parent that i learned were like me and i was just uh watching a documentary on on twins and fraternal twins versus identical twins and you know, that were separated at birth and you see all these things where they're like, they like, they ate the same thing or they like always, their favorite color was the same color or those things. And that's like one of the things I learned about my father who I didn't spend a lot of time with when I was younger, but he and I had really specific things that were the same. And understanding that and it just gave me like such a sense of closeness with him that I didn't have in real life. like. Right. We liked our cheeseburger exactly the same, which was very specific. Um, we, you know, we had um, we had an addiction to pepper, like we over peppered our food. And mm. you know, my, my mom used to tell me that that meant that I ha I was deficient in some kind of minerals or something. And it was like, no, I just really like taste pepper. Um, <laughs> you know, and so when you when you when you meet somebody that you know you're related to and you haven't spent a lot of time with and you see all these things and you're just like, oh my God, this is like genetic. <laughs> it's kind of I mean, that's that's kind of cool. Um, and mm -hmm. on the token, I I also was like, you know what, I I didn't have to feel like I had to forgive my other parent. I felt like I I was like, yeah, you did it wrong, and you know what, I'm okay. I'm okay with that now because I know how to deal with it. But I didn't feel like the need to forgive that. That 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 did, I didn't feel like I needed that. Mm. So it's interesting time, the Chiron return. And I think for those of us who have Chiron and Aries, I think it's really interesting that yours is beginning and this is happening. And uh, this moon and this, this sun are gonna be right there with them, right? So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that works. But I think it's a good thing. I think you're going to be able to process a lot of stuff. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Because I, I, I could use actually a break from processing stuff. It's like, that's yeah, all I've done lot. for the last two months. Yeah. But, it's a know. lot. But um, I, I feel like we're in a time where all of us are going to be going through periods where things are, energy is coming in so quickly and we're getting upgraded so quickly. And I just think that our processing times are going to get shorter and shorter. And I think for a lot of us who like to process things for a while, <laughs> that's going to be an adjustment for sure. I mean, yeah, I just feel like time is just exponentially speeding up every day. I just feel like, how did, how did I do? I'm just like, how do I, how do I get a, how do I take a, like today I took a nap, which is such a joyous uh, luxury. But it's like, how do I, you know, how do I, how do I get to take a nap? You know, how do I justify taking a nap if I'm not like doing, running a load of laundry or, you know, running yeah. the dishwasher or something. So I'm like speeding by, help me. It is. It is. Yeah. It's like, did I get to the grocery store? No, it didn't happen. So we have no food, but that's okay. We're, we're okay. <laughs> mm. 
Well, the other thing about this new moon that I think is interesting is that um, there's this stellium in Aquarius that is uh, mm -hmm. with Mars, Saturn, and Venus. And Saturn is basically at the midpoint between Mars and Venus. And I think yeah. that is it. And they're all squaring up to the nodes. Actually, they're forming a, a T-square between the two nodes. Yes, but this is um, it. This is just because of the lay of this. This configuration is known when you've got two squares that are delineated down here by several degrees. This is mm -hmm. known as a bird wing. And mm, it's beautiful. Uh, connected. Well, bird wings are not. I don't want to say they're not beautiful. I'm just saying. But look at how pretty it is. It's so it is, symmetrical. It is pretty. Now, this over here is one half of a butterfly wing. Butterfly wings are trines where they've got two, you know, they're separated by a few degrees of orb. Mm -hmm. So this little guy here would be a butterfly wing. And when you have two of those, it's really awesome. Um, because the blue lines represent harmonious energy. This is a sextile. This is a trine. But these are squares and squares are actually really wonderful, but they require work. And so, you know, we've got the South Node up here in Scorpio. This is the karmic past of the collective. This is the destiny, the future, the Dharma. And this is at 23 degrees of Taurus. This is the axis they're on for the next 18 months. We've already been there for a few months. So we're probably down 15 months now, maybe. <laughs> But this square that's happening would be, these guys are opposing each other. That creates another triangle. And that shape is known as T-square, like Corey mentioned. And T-squares are opportunities to get skills. It's like a quest, right? You go out on the quest. And Corey, what do you think this quest is about? Um, I think it... I think that it's about maintaining balance between your Mars drive and your Venus desire. And, uh, you know, I think Saturn's in there like teaching you lessons and teaching you how to moderate those things, because especially right now, um, this Aries time of year and springtime, I think people just want to bust out and get busy and doing things. And, um sometimes the drive to get in action isn't necessarily for our best interest does that oh, make sense so I it's agree. like there's I, I think saturn's in there like hey why don't you let's 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 make sure that the actions the seeds that you're planting right now are really what you want to be planting and and moreover what saturn thinks you should be planting and I also think that there's an, an issue of work. And Saturn is going to be exactly conjuncting Juno. Juno is uh, a, a, an asteroid. She is Jupiter's wife. Um, and she's like the head of the goddesses. And she represents marriage uh, in the chart oftentimes. And so if you notice, having Saturn conjunct Juno in between Venus and Mars lovers um that's going to be interesting i think for a lot of people depending on where that is in your chart because i think it's going to be a lot of people assessing their relationships and as we see mars is starting to separate from venus venus is moving ahead mars is still clunking through there and so they're not really holding hands anymore um and so i can see that this would probably be a time where a lot of people are going to assess their relationships and either 
seek counseling or, uh, you know, have a, have a call to Jesus kind of conversation or break up, um, any, any relationships that aren't meant to be long-term, like if you're just flirting, this is going to end because Saturn is about putting in the work and Saturn's about long-term stuff. And there could be people getting engaged. There could be people breaking up. So, you know, it really depends on where these things land in your chart and, you know, where, you know, this is the, this is the destiny. This is the future. This is the past. So these things yeah. are going to come, come home to roost and you're going to have to make some decisions. So I look at this as almost like a crossroads, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is what you're doing, what you really want. Yeah. And you're going to have to make some yeah. choices, you know, um, and, you know, I, I, gosh, I can't even remember what I was, I was watching when they were, um, oh, I remember now. So there's this great movie that um, was directed by one of the Cassavetti children. If you are familiar with the general and husband was, um, was a great director Cassavetti's and his kids, he's got some girls that that are also uh, in the movies. And um, one of his daughters made this great movie called Broken English. And it's kind of about this gal who, you know, she's kind of played it safe in life. And now she finds herself, you know, kind of in midlife and she hasn't had her children. She hasn't gotten married and all of the things that she wanted, like her, everything is not where she wants to be because she's so, she's so scared to make a change in her life. And then she just blows up her life and makes a change and it just it makes all the difference this mm -hmm. to me is that and one of the things she goes to france to deliver a package for somebody just so she can go to france and they pay for her plane ticket and she goes to deliver this thing and the woman opens the door and the woman is kind of a little out of her mind and she she thinks this is her long lost granddaughter that her daughter moved to America and had, she never saw her granddaughter. So she's just talking to her like this is her granddaughter, even though it's not. But she's like, she's, she's asking her all these questions because she hasn't seen her granddaughter like since she was a baby. And she's, she's like, are you married? And she goes, no. She goes, but you want to be, don't you? And she's like, yes, I do. And she, and she said, she said, I just haven't found that person I'm in love with. And she's like, well, love, she goes, she goes, marriage is a contract. What's she love said, got to do with it? Yeah. She's like, <laughs> love is a completely different situation right so i just thought that was really interesting um because this to me <laughs> is that configuration it's like if this is marriage marriage is a contract and it's about so much more than um it's about so much more than than just love it's like love is just one piece of that pie so if you're dealing with a relationship and it's not servicing you in ways that you need to you're not allowed to grow you can't have your freedom. You, you, you can't do the things that you want to do. You're going to really assess that situation. I think a lot of people are going to be making changes. So it's, yeah. it, you know, a T square is, is no joke. It's, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a, it's a challenging aspect that forces you uh, into a situation where you're challenged in all directions. Right. And in that, and instead of being in a square where the box is getting smaller, you're in a triangle where the triangle is getting smaller. <laughs> right, right. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out, especially with those bird wings, because that's a convergence like of, you know, that's some heavy duty energy, but it definitely, definitely has something to do with marriage for sure and relationships. So yeah. just be, just well, and it might head. also depend on where that shows up in your chart too. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. like that's happening in my fit, my fourth house. So this may 
be more about my family relationships or mm. my ancestral contracts rather than my marriage. Absolutely. Possibly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, in this, it's in the second house in this chart. So it could be about the finances that you share with your significant other and those right. things may need to change. I mean, or this, your work in the world, your job, your income. Well, you know, this is, this is actually happening in Aquarius for me and Aquarius is part of my third house, um, where this is happening. And so, you know, I have been thinking a lot about, um, like, you know, how I want to retire and, and, you know, where I want to be and the things that I want to be doing. And I'm like asking, you know, especially now that I think as Jupiter is getting closer or farther and farther away from Saturn, um, and things are going to start to open up more and more and the mask mandates are starting to relax and we're starting to experience, you know, whatever herd immunity or what have you, um, you know, the world's starting to open up again in some respects. Mm -hmm. And then of course we have a war, so that's kind of a bummer, but, um, yeah. but you know, people are, I keep getting like these Viking cruise line things. It's like, I am not taking a cruise, but I keep, <laughs> you know, they keep trying to get me on a boat. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But, um, but you know, the pricing is so low right now to go to Europe and float on a boat. It's crazy because they just want people to get back out there. So as things start to open up, you know, these choices are going to be coming up for you. And again, I think it's a crossroads. You're going to make some choices and those choices are going to impact you for a long time because Saturn's always about long-term stuff. So make them wisely. Yeah. Well, I think in some cases, because Saturn and the nodes are involved, there may be, it may be like destiny stuff. Well, yeah. Choose. Here's what you get. Choose it. You, yeah. you know, here, here's your option. Choose it. Um, the other thing that I think is cool about this uh, new moon is that, you know, uh, Jupiter and Neptune are getting ready for their, for their, um, little meetup there in Pisces. So what is the exact date that they meet up again? April 12th. They meet up on April 12th and, um, I can tell you the time actually, hold on a second. I'll look it up. So Neptune and Jupiter are co-rulers of Pisces. For those of you who do not know that back in the day before they could see Neptune, they had Jupiter and Jupiter was already ruling Sagittarius, but they thought, oh, he fits really great, I guess, with uh, with also <laughs> with Pisces, which I don't really get, but that's what they did. And so um, so Jupiter is going to conjunct Neptune at 1042 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the 12th, 742 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time on the 12th. So, um, but that energy is going to be around all flipping month because again, we talked about the orb, right? So, yeah. uh, Jupiter's already, you know, within a couple of degrees at this lunation. So you're already going to be feeling that. And these guys are trining up here, harmonious energy. This is the butterfly wing going up here to the South node and they're sextiling the North node. So that's interesting. So something from the past you know, um, harmoniously energizing something in the future. So, mm. so it could be really interesting times, but if you have anything, uh, in that upper decan, that last 10 degrees of Pisces, um, they're going to exactly conjunct at 23 degrees. Um, Neptune's already there at this time. Neptune's a slow mover. 
and so, yeah, this hasn't happened in like 160 some years. It won't happen again for another 140 some years. So not in our lifetime. Uh, Jupiter and Neptune conjunct every 13 years, if I'm not mistaken. But they but normally to actually both be time. in the house yeah. of rulership or their sign of rulership is gives them a rare. lot of yeah, and it's very strong energy. And so if you think about it, Jupiter, is about truth spirituality it's about higher expression connection to the divine uh you know neptune will you talk about neptune corey because i know you're you're a neptunian girl yeah well neptune rules um our subconscious mind it rules the spiritual realm it rules the connection between both um it is a water sign so it is a motion based an emotion based sign um it's very strongly intuitive um and psychic in nature because it does represent our connection between humanity and spirit between our minds and the the spirit realm so but when we're, um, and we're I talking think, about pisces too you got to remember also that everything has two sides to it and pisces can uh also rule addiction um mm -hmm. having jupiter in there can um jupiter really... is all about overabundance like i like yeah. to think of jupiter as santa but there's also bad santa yeah so, like... that's, a, that's a good description bad santa yeah mm -hmm. jupiter has a bad santa tendency especially yeah in pisces pisces is like the sign of of checking out because there's it's just yeah. i i think uh where Pisces is in your chart, where your 12th, what's in your 12th house, that's all about the kind of like your undoing. It's like your, the, the parts of you that, that you go seek therapy for. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a great time to do, there's so many therapists that are online now. You can do the, the telehealth um, stuff, which may yeah. not be a bad thing. You may need to talk to somebody right now because it's a really, it's an intense time, I think, for a lot of people. And I think that Pluto, Neptune can be really beautiful and magical, but it can also be really challenging. And it just depends on your nature, your other placements. And that's why I think if you don't understand your chart, it's important to, to learn to read your own chart, but it's important to reach out to an astrologer during times like this so they can give you a better understanding of where this is in your chart, how it's impacting you, you know, um, it, it, like I said, it could be really magical. Or if, if you're somebody who um, ha it has been sober for a long time, this may challenge your sobriety. Um, if you are someone who, um, you know, is really creative, it might be there's just too much energy going on for you to like focus and put it down on paper or put it down on a canvas so you know how do you how do you use this energy in positive ways because i think it's really going to be intense and strong and it's really pretty much the whole month of april it's going to be yeah. really strong um so i guess my my goal for myself is just to try to find a way to use this energy productively because i i don't want to i don't want to lose the opportunity to to use this energy but yeah. you know um you know addictions come in many forms and you know for me i'm addicted to shiny jewelry and um food uh particularly mm. sugar in them and so um you know i've i've given that stuff up but you know then i try to i try to reason with myself you know if we die tomorrow if nuclear war happens I'm oh 
I'm not going without well, I was, a cookie. I, I know I was away. I'm, I'm, this is going to sound terrible, and you can all judge me harshly if you want. But I was on a, a girls' weekend last weekend in Lake Chelan. It was very nice, and yeah. we were having the conversation about nuclear war. And I was like, "Listen, I would go get myself a bottle of bourbon. I would get like two packs of cigarettes. I would buy myself a chocolate cake. I'd be like, fuck it, yeah, <laughs> smoke yeah. it." <laughs> I don't care. Vicerama. It would be Vicerama. Yeah. Well, the last thing about that Jupiter Neptune uh, mashup is, you know, it could also be a very intensely psychic time. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily good because a lot of times, if you're getting too many messages, it's hard to figure out what they all mean. So I would say definitely if you feel like you're, it could, it could feel like you're losing your your well, your marbles. I would say treat yourself like a computer and think about grounding as antiviral software. And I would I would ground yourself several times a day. There are many different ways you can do that. You can take your shoes off and walk in the grass. You can wiggle your toes and your shoes just to, you know, activate that lower chakra system. You can breathe into your, your root chakra, you can, um, there's so many different ways that you can do that, but you may need to do that several times a day because you're going to be in the, with Neptune and Jupiter conjunct, you're going to be in the upper registers of your chakra system. So we're talking throat and higher. And sometimes when you do that, you become a space case. So like, if you have a friend who's like a total airhead, most of the time they're an airhead because they're in the upper registers of their chakras all the time and they're not grounded exactly. to the earth. I am a person who has a tendency to hang out in the higher registers. So I'll have, I have lots of challenges. Like I know when I'm not grounding myself, my feet, weird things happen with my feet. I'm having a weird thing with my foot right now. It means that I need to ground more because I need to balance out the inner, the chakra systems in my in my body right so those are things that you can do for yourself uh, you know if you live near a beach and it's warm enough you know take your shoes off and just go walk on the sand you know just get in touch with the earth and that will help tremendously um eat eat foods that are like root vegetables root vegetables like carrot, mm -hmm. carrots beets you know potatoes um, even though i mean yeah um, sweet potatoes whatever Sweet potatoes, although red skin potatoes are not that bad for you. They have something that the regular russet potatoes lack, and that's not as hard for you. It's better for your digestion. So, so there are all kinds of different things that you can, you can do to help ground yourself. Um, yeah. if you feel like you're way, way out there, but, um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, and it, that's the other thing that's great about this time when we have these extreme kind of once in a lifetime lunations or, you know, these extreme um, conjunctions and things like that, that happen. We've had a lot of them over the course of the last few years. It, it gives you, it, it's almost like, it's like exposure to something that you haven't had before. And it's like, you're kind of like, okay, dealing with the fallout. But now that you know that it's coming and you're like, okay, I might feel really woozy. I might be, you know, dying for a SIG. I might be you know, it gives you all of these things to think about what are your triggers and then how would you, how would you go about trying to create balance in, in your system so that you, you're, you can manage those things, I guess, better. I agree. I agree. Lastly, pay attention to your dreams. 
Oh my gosh. I've been having the craziest dreams lately. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really bad about writing them down when I wake up. I'm really like, I'm like one of those people when I wake up, I'm like, I also used to, I don't so much anymore, but I used to sleepwalk as a child. And I'm just, I'm really like, kind of like the first five minutes of my waking mode. It's just really challenging for me. Do you, do you have any suggestions for people if they, to, to help them remember their dreams, Corey? Cause I'm, I'm really bad about it. I'm not good. I don't, I have, I, I just remember my dreams. I do know that Runa Troy who's on Instagram. I think she's got runatroy.com. She's at runa.troy and then her website is runatroy.com. Anyway, she um, sells dream like satchels, dream recollection satchels where there's a mix of herbs and stones and stuff that are specifically to help you remember. But I can't not remember my dreams. So, but if Um, you do remember, because sometimes I do remember portions of them, um, Runa is like the most amazing dream interpreter. She she does this Jungian interpretation, it's amazing. So uh, well worth it. So you definitely want to check her out if, uh, and she also does read runes. So yeah, Mm -hmm. really amazing person, but I I agree. I I have like, and then is, uh, you know, what's always freaks me out is when you have these crazy, like really vibrant dreams and you wake up and you're like, oh crap, I forgot. And then later in the day you get a flash and it comes back Mm -hmm. a little bit and you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I have the experience where all of a sudden it's like, I I'll be washing the dishes or whatever. And I will have the same sensation that I had in a dream. Like, yes. I don't know how to, I don't yes. know how no, to put it. It's like, but Oh, I felt like that in my dream last night. I don't. Yeah. For me, it but. smells. I'm very smell. I'm like very triggered by smells. And so if I smell something, I smell a lot of things in my dreams if I smell something that I smell in my dream, like a flower or a fragrance or something, it will take me right back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's always amazing when it happens, but how random is that? I mean, I'm sure it's not random, but how random is that? Right. Yeah. It feels random. It can be sucked into the life that exists only in your head. Very interesting. Well, that was a lot of fun, Fox. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about the Libra full moon. Yeah, and probably we might talk more about this uh, Neptune-Jupiter conjunction because we'll be even closer at that point. I like yeah. to get closer to things to talk about them because it's like, you you know, to talk, have a conversation about a moon that's happening two months from now. I like, I don't feel it. So it's, it's harder to wrap myself around it. You know what I mean? Well, and you also, um, as we get into April, we're going to be dealing with the, uh, we're going to start eclipse season too, which is coming rapidly, which Mm -hmm. could be really interesting. And so we might do a special little thing on the eclipses that are coming up here in um, April, May, May. April, May. Yeah. 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 So that'll be fun. Yes, it will. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Corey Hawkins. And I'm Jennifer Fox. And y'all stay curious.